Another episode of Truth Serum, and I'm so happy to be here. If I look ill-formed to you, I will let you know because you know I tell the truth. I have on a waist trainer. Um, I am actually going to do some jokes on it, and I can't talk about something unless I experience it. That's that way, you know I'm really real about my um, comedy. So I've been wearing a waist trainer. This is my second day, and I feel like I've broken two ribs, and uh, my kidney is going to fail. You Kardashians need to go to jail for what you are doing, telling women that they need to walk around with a corset, a glorified corset. On. So that is what this is. And I said I was going to wear it for two weeks. I'm going to write a whole set about it. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to tell the truth about it because nobody's telling the truth. Everybody is so busy trying to be perfect. I've never even heard of one of those things. The pleasure of being a guy and not having to have that stuff is amazing. <laughs> well, you're a guy's guy because guys wear waist trainers too. Yes, no, they do. And no, they no, have them for don't. dudes. Guys do not. <laughs> guys do. No, they don't. They're they're like <laughs> gals, but they're guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the preoccupation with uh, <laughs> with vanity is just at an all-time high. What's up, Jake? How you doing? Uh, good. Nice to see you. How, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. My daughter keeps correcting me on English. That is the proper way of, of saying it. Of course it, it yes. is. Of course it is. And and why would I not take advice from somebody who lives on Instagram? Absolutely. <laughs> well, did she get good grades in English at least? She's a great student. Both of my kids are great students. They they don't have. I'm a single mom. We don't we don't have C's in my house. Don't mess around on that one. No. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, it's been a nice, busy. Met a whole bunch of crazy people, like uh, boxing champions, and oh. um. But the best part of it, I went to Disneyland, and there was no lines there on Saturday. Spring break is over. Oh yeah, yeah. Disneyland yeah. is That's great. Right. But you got measles instead, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> so uh, I am sitting here with Witch, Rich, Rich, Rich Warren, <laughs> and Andre Whitford. <laughs> no, I can't. Just, just don't call me White Boy. Oh no. <laughs> That's what my stepdad called me for 18 years. He's black, too. That's... He called you white boy? Yeah. It's hilarious and tragic at the same time. Uh, uh, Tragedy, you know, tragedy plus time is comedy. Yes, that's right. So, uh, for the longest time, I thought it was white boy. I thought it was a... a, Oh, where were you? Arkansas. Oh, yeah, So, he's got an accent. Wow. Oh, boy. What boy. Clean your room. Oh, clean your room. Wow. Yeah. Did everybody ever call you white boy? Wow. Twice. Uh-huh. But it was uh, it was it was uh, because they were really black. Oh, <laughs> you mean they were extremely black, complexion wise? Yeah, you know. Plus, I had at the time I had curly hair, uh-huh. and light skin. So to them, I was like a white boy. But until we started fighting, and then and then, and then became, I be- and then I became oh, black. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because everybody needs to have their own Negro. 
So everybody, they, they got up, even like Guatemalans and Hondurans and people from Costa Rica and Nicaragua and Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. They, it's like everybody needs a Negro. It's like, it's so, so sad that people walk Unless around. Unless you're my stepdad, you just need a white boy. Well, you were, no, you were his <laughs> Negro. You were yeah, his well, Negro. You were his Negro. It was reversal, yeah. Yeah, it, it just yeah. reversed. Detail my car. <laughs> I like his stepdad, though. Cool. I need him to come no, to my cool. house and make Omar wash my car. <laughs> um, so we let so we can just jump right into that. So yesterday, uh, was that yesterday when it took place? Yeah, and uh, um, well, you set it up because okay, I'm... I will. So uh, I, I'm on Twitter. I follow Dondre. I don't follow Sandra Rose because Sandra Rose is an instigator, and I don't like that kind of reporting. Right. So she's a blogger, and um, Sally Richardson, his wife, Whitfield. Sorry, sorry, Sally Richardson Whitfield. Yes, his wife was on. Uh, she she defended. She's she's very pro black and very yes. Um, and I, and I wouldn't say militant. I'm just saying that's being a humanist. It's yes, just wanting your people to have to be treated equally. You know, yes. like all of a sudden that's radical thinking. Right, like that's racist. Like it's not. No, <laughs> I just want to be equal. If that's racist, then I'm racist. Right. So yeah. she she so then uh, Sandra Rose responds to Sally saying, I could I commend you for your stand on black people, but I don't really see you as a black person. None of the black people I know look like you. I don't know where she lives. But... I, first of all, I didn't even know who this woman was. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is this? Right. So when I got a hold of it, my wife actually told me about the incident. OK. And of course, I'd go down the feed and and I responded. And my response was simply this. Listen, you obviously don't know your history. Right. You obviously don't know what you're talking about. And I gave her the example of Malcolm X. Malcolm X had red hair. Mm -hmm. That is not exactly an African trait. That's right. So if you know anything about your history, you know that Malcolm X. Well, I mean, could we choose anyone more, quote unquote, black than Malcolm X? And yet he had red hair. So I don't understand what, you know, what black people look like as far as Sandra Rose is concerned. So after I sent that, you, that you, tweet you, out. You did hashtag black on black crime. Black right on now. black crime, which was which was real. And she was like, I never said anything about black on black crime. And that, that made me realize she wasn't even intelligent enough for me to have an exchange with at Ab- that point. Absolutely. If she didn't get that reference off. Yeah, no. I, and I was ready. I was, ready. I was like, <laughs> oh, but you know, what? We, we just did. I did like girls for Bill Duke. And we were talking about color. Colorism. And the, the funny thing is that they, they there's this misconception that colorism is something that only light skinned people are guilty of. And, right. and this is some this is an example. For example, the woman who has led the campaign against Kendrick Lamar because his fiance is fair. And she was like, you're a self-loathing coon. You don't love yourself. You don't love your. And I, I'm like, this is the divide and conquer. You know, absolutely. So uh, and, and, and Rich is very, very accustomed to. He knows what we're talking about because he, he was raised by a black man. And, and yeah, I've been in a relationship with a black woman for almost 12 years. Rich is very black. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> I've only known him for 10 minutes, and this dude is, like, so black. Like, I'm like, wow, he's black. Yeah. <laughs> but I know he's my son's friend. That's how I know Rich. It's crazy. Yeah, right. And, so, uh, uh, and my son is a... Is, is, and your son is a black man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 really. So, so like, he, again... He accepts me that I must be okay. That's right. Oh, like yeah. I said, Rich is a, he yeah. is black. But I do stay, and she keeps me on top of the subjects if I wasn't on top of them anyway, you know, and um, and just talking about the the division, you know, you can go back to colonializing this country mm-hmm. or even the Europeans going to other countries, colonializing and causing the division and telling different races and telling different quote unquote tribes, 
you're better than them. You're going to take over. Right. You're going to you're going to control them. And to this day, I mean, We're there's still, still that division. There's still absolutely that, that, that mentality that that one's better than the other. Yep. Whether it's lighter skin or whether it's just a different uh, race or culture. And, you know, this is um, as a white man saying that Europeans embedded that that seed a long, long time ago. And, it, and it's still here. And as Andre would say, boom, boom, because, <laughs> you know, really, I know that I'm going to get a bunch of responses, tweets and, and, and whatnot uh, about, you know, me making a statement and, you know, and and um, obviously saying in jest, you know, Rich is, you know, really black. But it's not about your that's our problem. Everyone is so uh, uh, blinded by complexion and don't because as far as I'm concerned, that. The, the blackness that I'm talking about is your consciousness. That's right. And and realizing that that all folks, black, brown or otherwise, are inclusive of the human experience. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we have so many people that are trying to disallow people from having the human experience. Because when I walk down the street, I could care less what your complexion is. All I care about is whether you have integrity enough for me to be around you and have my family around you. That's all I care about. That's right. Jake, do you have anything to add to this colorism issue? Because I know you deal with it a lot. Yeah, because you got a bandana around your head, so I know you got something to say <laughs> yeah, about that's colorism. Right. That means I'm, yes. I'm legit if you got the bandana. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, you know, it's. Um, I'm just glad that we're living at a time when when like opinions can change. I mean, right. you think back to like, um, you know, 20 years ago or something, and things were pretty set in stone. Like, you were this or you were that, and um, you know, the people who are really racist are dying. Like the old, <laughs> the old white people, old black people, Thank they are dying. God. And um, you know, I think that we're all doing a better job of, um, you know, recognizing each other as people as opposed to just skin tones. I like that. I like. I like yeah, that. I agree with that. Yeah, let's hope that continues. And yes, yeah. those those racist folks are dying, which is yeah. which yeah. is awesome. Because if you watch young kids now, like they don't care. Like Omar's group of friends and Ricky's group. Of yes, friends, they're all. There's like a multi multicultural clique of kids. Yes, that you don't ever hear them talking about that kind of stuff. They're just. They just hang out. They just yep. and it's a bunch. Yeah. Of, it's, they look like a Benetton ads all over you. For the benefit of those that are that are watching, uh, her son and my godson. Uh, went to high school to, together, and so they they all run in that same sort of yeah. you know uh, group where it's just like nobody sees anything except you know who who you are, right? Which is right. which is awesome because you know I I used to always laugh like chuckle inside when whenever my godson would introduce me to to some of his friends because I'd always go. How'd this happen? I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But really, it was about a skateboard or about a movie or about music and and not about truly. I was really learning like this really was not about complexion, man. It was about an experience. It's what they're interested in. Yeah, they're all interested. Absolutely. In yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in the South. And for me, it was kind of the same thing. I mean, I wasn't trying to be anything other than what I was. And I don't think anyone else was either. So, you know, I had just a, a, a eclectic group of friends and, and it made me. And you still do. You rock, walk around I still with do. you roll with a Puerto Rican lady, yep. or have yeah. black son, uh, <laughs> your black girlfriend. Uh, yeah. You play yeah. Italian. So, so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna get right into this. We're gonna talk okay. about what acting is from right. two thespians in the house. Yes. We'll be right back with Truth Serum right here on T Radio V. Boom! Boom! <laughs>
I'm Laura Somoza. I'm Sterling Gardner. And we are Between the Sheets every Monday here, 3 p.m., tradiob.com. T-Radio-B. That's right. It's T-Radio-B. Radio in TV. <laughs> what is that face? <laughs> he wants to see our hands. That's Radio in TV. Wah, 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 wah. We're not a couple. <laughs> Brad is actually here right now. <laughs> I don't have the white disease. What's Whoa! <laughs> I want to see like some a tiny intro. intro. Give me some boom. Give me some boom, bro. This is going to make us money. Ask Robert who his favorite celebrity animals are. Okay. <laughs> animal lovers. All right, everybody, whip your out. Everybody, whip it out. We'll be right back. See, now it's just. Let's do a couple things. Ready? Action. Oh, monsters. Monsters. You. <laughs> oh, that means me. Take it. It's God, take you're of the unreal mind. <laughs> be honest with you, I like being down there a little more because my head was. <laughs> Candy corn monsters, boom! Hi, I'm Kristen Renton, and I don't know what I'm saying. We're just world, world animal. Right here we go. Oh, I'll just. Oh, I'm real. It's not a real wall. <laughs> I mean, unless you fake it. I had a contest on night calls, and they were all peeing everywhere. Everyone's like, "Can I get another diet coke?" Yeah. <laughs> we want to do more. T Radio V. What did you play opposite Andy and Eric? Do you remember? Uh, Andy and I worked as uh, two employees at a network. Okay. Oh, you're and forgetting the other I, thing. I played, I played, I played a news anchor, and he played a reporter. Okay, but the other thing you did, the thing you did on the Andy Dick show, who did you play to Andy? Oh, uh, is is that play my sister? You played his wife, Denise. Yeah. Yeah, you played his wife. Yeah. So what's wrong with that, Eliza? Yeah. Nothing's wrong with it. He's got it's a great just, range as an actor. It, you know? Yeah, it just was funny. Encounters with Eric and Eliza Roberts, Wednesdays from 2 to 4 p.m. on T Radio V. T Radio V. Radio in TV. Radio in TV. Who's that, Chief? Pulowski. Pulowski. Chief needs you. Get your ass in here. Goddamn it, Pulowski, I want your badge. What the fuck were you thinking? This ain't the old West, you cowboy, macho, gunslinging fucktard. Huh? Taking on the Vasquez cartel all by yourself? What the fuck were you thinking? I was just doing my job. Your job? Your job, Pulowski? Your goddamn job is to protect and serve, dickhead. Not blow up the whole goddamn city. Downtown looks like a fucking Michael Bay movie. How the fuck do you blow up a Lamborghini, a limousine, and a goddamn helicopter in one goddamn day? You're lucky no one got hurt. Chief, the man's on the phone. Tell that asshole I'll call him back. You got it. But don't call him an asshole. 
I got the goddamn mayor calling me, Pulowski. I don't need this shit. You're a loose cannon. A goddamn loose cannon. I was just doing my job. God damn it, Pulowski. Don't you piss down my neck and tell me it's raining, you dickless asswipe. I've been in this job since you were in diapers. Now listen to me, you little fucker. You can't save the world all by your goddamn self. You're hellbent on revenge, and you're too close to this case. That's going to send you to an early grave. Your old man was a great cop. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. How does it feel to curse, to curse out a child? Well, um, <laughs> just for the record, he wasn't in the room when I was doing my yeah, take. Okay. I love it. You know, but... Uh, but uh, uh, it, it cut together pretty funny. It was a pretty funny scene. A lot of fun to do. The, the stereotypical butt chewing from you know the the chief right, right, to the right. cop. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, well, I have had the the distinct pleasure of working on a production where the child was in the room, oh. and uh, and the oh. mom thought that it was hilarious to hear the kid banter with a person cursing them out and it was just I was like I'm from I must be from like the stone age <laughs> yeah I, like not gonna happen I love that we're talking about inappropriate uh things to do with children and Michael Jackson is in your background that's <laughs> I just want to point that out <laughs> well, am I the only one that got that one all yeah, right I'm yeah. sorry he's I'm in your sorry. eye line he's in your eye line so, I'm so. sorry I'm like all right <laughs> I, I, you know what? I was born on August 29th and so was Michael Jackson okay. and he's my hero okay. and the very first script I wrote in life was my wedding to Michael Jackson oh. so I'm sorry I can't accept I will not believe that Michael Jackson was a pedophile. Well, you, you know, it's it, it it really is. You're more likely now to forgive anything that you might have been holding against him before now that he's dead. Yeah. And I I actually had a conversation about this with some people who were asking me about the whole Bill Cosby thing because obviously I was on, I was on the Cosby Show and right, right, right. they all you know I I hold all the secrets like I know whether he did it or not because <laughs> I worked with him. They're like you must know. And so and so this woman asked me. She goes, "What do you think? You know, it, what do you think has to happen in order for you know people to get over this?" I said, "He has to die." Oh. Mm. And if you think about it, mm. it's kind of it's unfortunate, but it's kind of true. Mm. Yeah. Things kind of go away when you when you when you die. Because nobody ever talks about Tupac raping that girl anymore. Totally. Because he's because de- he's dead allegedly. Or in Cuba. Right. <laughs> That's why I said true. allegedly. Yeah. So we're we're talking about acting today, and we're going to talk about reality. But we want to talk about acting. I want to educate our audience. I think so many people have lost direction in believing and understanding what real acting is because. Now people, reality show stars are given scripts now and they believe they're acting Mm -hmm. and they don't know the difference between acting and acting a fool. Right, right. And so you guys have both been, you know, been working for a long time. You're true actors. This is really about the craft for you. This is not about fame and celebrity. It's about what you love to do and everything else comes as a result of it. I want you each to take a moment and just explain to people. Tell them about your journey and your acting journey and what what it is, what what acting really is, what it means to you. Hmm. All right. Well, um, for me, uh, it, the initial lesson for me in acting and, and taking classes and the thing that I've, I've gained from it is people say it must be easy because you're just lying all the time. And I say <laughs> that's the, for me, it's the opposite. Acting is telling the truth. It's being truthful with the feelings and the emotion. And it's making your audience, whether it's on a theater, uh, the camera's there, to make them feel something. And that's art. Art, when you go in a museum, 
You may not like the artwork, but it makes you look at it. You have to observe it. You have to just take the moment to feel something. And if you can do that as an actor and you can, can portray that emotion and get it across, you're doing your job. Um, and yeah, is, is it art reflecting life? And is reality TV, is that life reflecting art? I don't know about that because, I mean, it is affecting our culture. So it is a, a little bit of art, you know, influencing life. But um, I've taken several classes, been in theater right up the street here. I was a part of the Actors Co-op for several years. Mm -hmm. um, so my background comes from theater first. And then... Um, the true actors medium. Um, and... Um, um, yeah, it's just a journey. It's, it's a constant journey. I'm constantly learning, constantly getting better, um, trying to find those truths, find to find more about myself um, and who I am as a person, and observe people. You know, it makes me it makes me stop and, and watch people watch and see how people react to certain things, and I try to store that in my memory. You know, when I when I see it, you know, it's like, well, that's how that that would really go down. You know, not a, a dr dramatized or dramatic over-the-top, eccentric way where reality TV, because they know the cameras are on them. Mm -hmm. A whole lot of indicating going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. A, a whole lot of indicating. And it's just the opposite. You have to be, right. Yeah, it's the subtle, subtleties of it all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, Los Angeles, it, it's, 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 it's so hard to, to get those roles. Reality TV is taking over. You know, I mean, there's more and more reality TV and less of, less of those small roles that, that I need. You know, uh, and that I want. I still get them, but few and far between. But uh, that doesn't mean that there's not another opportunity right down the road, of course. But uh, just pushing ahead, pushing forward, um, and that's about it for me. I guess if I answered the question. You know, it's uh, it's great that Rich talked about how I have actually have a, uh, a a story about how a guy came up to me one day and he said, you know, I I know that I would be a really good actor because I could lie good. <laughs> it's like first of all, lie well. <laughs> uh and 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 I told him at that point that that was exactly my response. No, you actually you would you would not make a uh, a great actor because actors tell the truth. Whenever you see a terrible scene uh and you feel like, "Wow, this is really bad." It's because the person that's in front of the camera doesn't believe what they're saying. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult. It's impossible for an audience to believe you when you don't believe yourself. Mm -hmm. When you don't believe yourself, it's because you're not telling the truth. So actors are actually truth tellers. You know, we uh, Rich talked about, you know, theater. Theater is, I, I, if I could do theater for the rest of my life, I would be extremely happy. It's one of the reasons why I do stand-up now. Right. Because it's one of the closest... Uh, it's it's the most dangerous thing to do in life. Like you literally, when you're in front of an audience, and you know this as a as a standup, when you're in front of an audience and you just got a microphone and your wit, you can die at any moment. Absolutely. I, and that's one of the reasons why I love it. That's why I love theater because unlike film and unlike television, you sort of have to wait to figure out whether you suck or not. Mm -hmm. Right. Like. <laughs> Stand up and theater, you know whether you whether they don't like it or not instantaneously, like Absolutely. right in the moment. That's where I live. I love being in 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 the moment. Um, How old were you when you started acting? When I started acting, I was 15 years old. Yes, I'm 45 now. So that means I've been doing this for do the math 30 years. 
So uh, just drinking a lot of water. And juice. Just drinking a lot of water and some juice. Uh, that's Ida's favorite line about me and my wife. Like, they, like they how juice. do you guys like to keep your vigor? And my wife said, "Juice." She so did now, say So juice. now Ida's like, "I just gotta." Keep I, I want to go to the house, the Whitfield house, so I can juice. <laughs> I wear baggy fleece to cover mine up. <laughs> They're like the black can and barbecue. <laughs> Nobody believes how old they are. So, so I've been doing this since you know since fifteen, and you know, and and doing theater. I would literally do theater for the rest of my life. If it if it paid the way film and television does, right. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. I have two uh, what I call tuitions. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my daughter is ten, mm-hmm. and my son is six, oh, yeah. and they go to schools that cost what colleges cost. That's right. And you, you know, because you, your son, same thing. Right. So I, you, we gotta we gotta pay the bills. But the thing that feeds my every once in a while. My wife and I both, we say, okay, it's time to feed our souls. And then that's when we know it's time to do some theater. Yeah, and you know, we we have a few minutes before the segment is over. I, I don't want to forget to talk about Sally's project because I told you that I would. I'm, everybody knows I'm a feminist, I'm pro-woman. And Sally was is telling the story of Lena Horne. Yes. And uh, she crowdfunded. Is she still raising money? We're done. We're good. Okay, good. Yep. Well, but but just pay attention. Remember, she Sally's a really good actress. She's phenomenal. And and I and I dare not call her actress. She's a great actor. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when I wa- I watched the movie that uh, Ava DuVernay did with her. Yes. And I was like, I cried my whole because I was like, this is my life. <laughs> but I was like, she did such an amazing job because she was in that movie almost by herself the whole time. Right. And and that that whole thing that attractive women are not good actresses out the window because she's a beast. Uh, yes. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Rich and Dondre, and we're going to talk about reality and the ugly reality that is reality. So stay locked. TRadioV.com. Boom! <laughs> Wake up, we've got big news. I'm not gonna mumble this time. Geekscape, the long-running movie video game. Let me do one more. Hey geeks, we got big news! Geekscape, your favorite show about movies, video games, comics, and TV, is coming to T Radio V Monday, October 6th. And it'll be on every Monday from then on, 7 p.m. Until the apocalypse happens, we're all eaten by zombies. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Bob Nelbandian, and be sure to watch my show, Inside Metal, which airs live every Tuesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on T-Radio V. I'm going to be bringing in the greatest heavy metal artist live right here in the studio. Once again, every week at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, every Tuesday, right here at T-RadioV.com, Radio in TV. You are watching T-Radio V. Radio and TV. I'm a spiritual man who knows how to braid his daughter's hair. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> you know what my street value is based on that? Are you crazy? Come on, man. You know how many women would kill to have a man who knows how to braid his daughter's hair? Of course you do. Because you know how many women would kill just to have a man. Period. I walk in the mall with my kids. Woo! My four-year-old son, who's like a mini-me, my nine-year-old daughter, with her hair freshly braided, we walk in the mall together. Stop it. (laughs) It's like walking in the mall with puppies. That is hilarious. I love that the women in the audience, one woman was like, you tell them. You tell them. <laughs> women love that. When I start talking about how I braid my daughter's hair and, 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 and the, you know, having my kids. like I was there. The it is, it is, I saw it. It is, it, I swear, we were in the it corner is the time. truth. I was like, where were you my whole life? Because my daughter claims I don't know how to do her hair. So, I'm going to have to learn someday, I guess. Yes. Yes, you do. I know. It's one of the greatest bonding experiences that a father could have with his daughter because to this day my daughter still will come to me and say dad will you do my hair even with my wife being in the house she'll just be like dad will you come do my hair oh that is so well you don't have any to do so well i so i have to take no time (laughs) so you've been doing how long have you been doing stand-up now i literally have been doing stand-up now for two and a half years and yeah, I, I just started hosting um, a, a room, yes. as you well know. I know. Because my friend has come through my room now twice. I love it every time she hits the stage. Um, uh, I do it at the uh, at the Ha Ha Cafe on uh, on Lancashire. It's the original room because they right. have, uh, have to. But uh, Thursday, Thursday nights, night. Thursday nights at uh, at eight thirty um, every Thursday night, and uh, you know my uh, I call them my Sams S A M S the acronym for. Uh, same age mentors. Yes, oh, that's <laughs> Chris, a good one. Chris Spencer and uh, and David Arnold are my are my 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 stand up comedy mentors, uh, even though they're the same age as, as me, which is frightening. Um, but uh, that you know they would tell me they're like, man, you are funny, but the thing that's gonna get you to level up is when you host your own room. Yeah, and they were absolutely oh, because right. they both have. Yes, Chris Spencer yes. is the reason why I do stand up. See, yeah, I did. See? We did a birthday roast together, and he was it's my like, dude. If you don't get on that microphone, say, he told me the same thing. He's yeah. like, we, you know, we'd be, you know, we'd joke around. And I'd be the only actor in a circle full of stand-up comedians. He's like, okay, so when are you getting on stage? <laughs> I was talking about you the other day. I was like, I remember we used to bowl in a in a bowling entertainment league, like a league. And I go to the bowling alley because I'm ready to bowl, and they're like, y'all not allowed here anymore. And I was like, why? They said two words. Two words. Dondre Whitfield. <laughs> they said he started a revolution. At the, you guys are at Corbin now. You guys are at Corbin. Because <laughs> you've always been funny. 
you know? So how does how does the stand up help with the acting? The stand up is it's 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 so funny. The the stand up it, it's twofold. Mm-hmm. The acting helps with the stand up mm-hmm. because I'm prepared. Right. A lot of stand ups are un- unprepared. You yeah. you know that. When I go on stage, I'm I'm prepared. Right. Um and because I know how to be in character and stay in character, it's obvious how that helps you on stage as as a stand up because w- once you have to be in character, I know how to stay locked and loaded. Yeah. Uh and the and the audience doesn't the audience doesn't scare me. Right. The silence doesn't scare me. I'll never forget this David Arnold told me one day he said don't be afraid of the silence no. the silence means they're with you they're mm-hmm. listening. now they're if listening. you start hearing a bunch of noise now you're in trouble because <laughs> they've left right <laughs> but the stand-up has helped the acting because because you got to be so daring to be a stand-up that when when i'm on screen as an actor it's like i, I have the benefit of another take right right i can be as daring as i need to be on screen because if I don't get it right, we can ready to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> As a stand-up, you get one shot. That's it. Yeah. So the stand-up really helps uh, my acting because I'm just bold. When I get out out there in front of the camera, it's like, hey man, you literally you can do nothing to me. Yeah, it's true. This I, was different. This was uh, my first pilot season where I really went out. And every uh, casting person or producer was like, you are fearless. Like, where does that come from? And I'm like, stand up. Stand up. Comedy. Yep, definitely. (laughs) So, Jake, now you see the difference with uh, the difference with the actors have a very they have a, a better sense of time than comedian comedians. Like we had two comics here last week and they were both late. And true. you see the two actors were both on time and ready because they're prepared. Prepare. I, I think you. that one thing we've seen in movies in the last couple of years is a lot, a lot of stand-ups in like straight roles. Yeah. Um, and you always think to yourself, oh, I'm surprised that they're that good at it, you know? Um, but then when, once you really think about like what they face every day, yeah. a camera's got to be nothing. A camera is non-judgmental. Exactly. Like it, it can't reject what, you're, what you're exactly. saying and doing. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And a, a uh, being a stand-up, I think, could help every actor. Totally. Absolutely. And comedy comes from pain. A lot of yes. comedy. Yes. Oh, comes for, from sure. Pain. for yes. sure. Yes. Right. So speaking of pain. Um, <laughs> We're going to delve into this whole thing about reality. Let's television. talk about Dondre's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Or mine, all right? Because uh, you're, you're, you're the only one. You, look, the funny thing is that the only guy in the room with a black daddy is the white dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But I don't know my white dad. That's though. hilarious. I know, but you still had I one. Got one. We don't that's know true. our Spanish ones either. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> so true. the... the um, this reality television phenomenon, um, I don't think people realize how much it's influencing our culture. Like, like uh, Kim Kardashian is our modern modern day queen. That they 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 call them <sighs> the royal couple. Her and Kanye, they compared her to Kate Middleton, which I think was offensive because I, I was like, it's not even offensive. It's stupid. It yeah. is t- yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> What? And and so I want people to understand that are not in Hollywood and not in New York, who are not in the industry, that there's a really big difference between an actor and a reality show person. Because I don't call those actors. Um, and Even though they're acting. They're reacting. <laughs> yeah. You know, all they do is react. They yeah. fight. They cry. Yeah. They, that, is not, that is not what a true actor, you know, does. Right. And so I wanted you guys to, to talk about it because... 
it's it's consuming television to a degree where cable's winning now Mm -hmm. because Showtime and HBO, because what's on television is, you know, I've turned down. 15 reality shows today. I was going to ask if you were ever offered a reality show. Oh, 15. Oh, wow. I did one. I mean, I did Last Comic Standing. Well, that's, that's different. That's but, a competition show. But that was stand-up. That's, that's, that's right. competition. That's yeah. competition. But even still, I, I, if I would have acted a fool on that, they would have taken that and run with it because yeah. it's a reality yeah. show. Right. Definite. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, what? Survivor was is the godfather of reality. Like that was in 2000. That was 15 years ago when Survivor came on. Actually, the real world. The real world. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. It started it with world. ignorance, Before and that. then. And yes, yeah. right. And then yeah, you're right. Because yep. the, the guys, the magical elves guys, they do they do Chef and they do Project Runway and they do those types of shows. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then there are the other types of shows. I that. think you could also put the head of that. Um, the that hidden camera show. You what was that? Um, Big camera? Brother. No, there was like one where they played tricks on people. Pumped. Um, or Candy Camera. Candy Camera. Candy, Candy, Candy Camera Candy was Cam. the first reality show. Absolutely it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, uh, yes and no. Because I think that real reality is that the people that are on camera know they're on camera. Right. Yeah, there's, I mean, I know what you're saying. But, I know what you're saying, but too. But he's right, though, because you're going you're gonna to amplify the situation. Totally. When you know the camera's in the room. Camera's totally. on you. Totally. Um, okay, um, she used to date your boyfriend. Now walk in the room. Yeah. You know, you walk around right. and like, what? You got a text from my ex-boyfriend? Right. Well, we used to date. Now right. it's amplified, you know. Um, but, and, and I I don't know what to think about it. I mean, I I don't subscribe to it, but I have to admit there's times when if it's on, I might mm-hmm. I might continue to watch it. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a wreck. It's a car crash. And that's Who why, doesn't that's like why a good car crash? You're, right. on the free, you're on the one-on-one freeway. And they're like three cars piled up. I don't care who you are. As you're driving past, you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Wow. Uh, because we're we're human. We're, we're yeah. curious. Yeah. Yeah. And when you see uh, – and you know that there's a, a bit of, of tragedy in that. There's a piece of us all that likes – that n- not necessarily likes but is curious yeah. about mm-hmm. some tragedy. And reality television is tragedy. That's the catch. Yeah. That's the catch. It's tragedy. And so people sit at home and they feel better about their lives. Absolutely. Yep. So they go, oh, okay. I'm well, not as bad as them. She's got it worse than I do. Yep. Yeah. Totally. So what reality shows do you watch? Um, I, I, I get caught. I'm, I'm not gonna Tell include. The truth. I'm not gonna include like. Serum. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like contest shows. Like I, I like Idol and, and The Voice, but I think that's more of a contest of, of yeah. singing. But um, Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, those ladies are a complete train wreck. But I, <laughs> I come into the door and, and my girlfriend's watching it. I'm like, why are you watching this? What's going on with Nene? <laughs> why is, is Nene so upset? What's going on with her? Why is she so upset? How come she ran out of the therapy session and the other girls are upset? Hilarious. You know, and I wind up getting involved in it. And I get caught. I get caught up in That's it. That's funny. And you are yeah. you were on Real Husbands of Hollywood. That's a mockery show. But it yeah, is. it's a it's not a reality show. No. It's a parody of, of a reality. reality shows. Right. Um, cause again, I'm an actor. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, I, I am completely engrossed with the reality show, uh, the Whitfields. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> TV is so not ready for my family. Like my wife and I are hysterically funny. Like, uh, like I'll give you an example. So I told you about my, my daughter who's 10, my son is six. Well, my wife all day, every day, is constantly trying to put my son back in, in, in her womb. Aw, that's her baby. That's her baby. And I'm constantly trying to drag him out of there. I'm <laughs> like, hey, 
come come out of there come out of there so <laughs> that our our family is a reality show that that tv is not ready ready for uh but the reality show that i do find myself watching from time to time is uh uh naked and afraid oh i think hmm. does amy paprath host that one of my friends i think is. i don't i'm i'm not sure who the because it's literally it's two people it's a, a man and a woman and they're put you know on some island and they're naked and they're and and they're afraid that's uh-huh. so why it's, it's yeah, yeah. ironically sense. called naked and afraid. But they and, have to survive. Yeah. And then they do, they have to survive for like 21 days. Naked? Naked. Okay. Without procreating? With or without and, and And oddly enough, no one is... They're too concerned about surviving. Yes, survive, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and what's interesting is, is that the guys, for the most part, I think if they did a statistic on what the, you know... Uh, they would you'd see that the that the 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 women are the ones that are usually kind of uh More keeping it together hmm. oh they're kind of oh. keeping it together the guys are kind of breaking down and i think it's because they usually like most guys when we don't have it together we we literally don't feel great about ourselves so it's that's why men age a lot quicker than most women because we're not allowed to show our emotions so right. we hold all that stuff in and women are allowed to let it out. Yeah. That's why most women outlive men. And so I've already told my wife, I'm like, listen, don't bet on that. I'm going to outlive you. Because <laughs> as an actor, you get to I cry all, every day. Well, I'm saying yeah. I'm And we're going to come back and uh, we're going to continue this conversation. And we're going to talk about Sally's womb a little bit more. <laughs> yes. Boom. The womb. The womb. It's Politically Naughty with Mary Kay on TRadioB.com. I don't feel like it would be as big of a deal these days if I, you oh, know. I'd be surprised. The most powerful weapon in the world is oh. This is a no-holds-barred conversation. So oh. anyways, everybody started drinking my bath water. I loved it. <laughs> that is amazing. Kitten, you need a movie about your life. If Maybe. Mary Carey was governor, <laughs> we wouldn't be having these problems in America. Exactly. Just exactly. Saying. I know. Get Politically Naughty with Mary Carey. Mondays at 4 p.m. on T-Radio V. Hi, I'm Holly, and this is Michael. We're on Love Life on T-Radio V every day. No! No. Every Tuesday. Tuesdays. Every day I try to get her to have a love life. But every Tuesday, where you can watch us and hear us, only one place. Only hear him, though. 5 p.m. Pacific time, T-Radio V. We're going to talk about love, relationships, intimacy, There'll be some sex, but not between us. No, I don't have sex with him. Not often. You're single. We're going to share with you what to do if you just want booty calls or be in a relationship. Oh, you know you like booty calls. I do. What's it like to be in a relationship? We always say you have to be a strong me before you can be a great we. One place right here, Tuesdays, 5 p.m. Pacific, only on T-Radio V, right? Yep. Cool. 
What's up, y'all? It's Edie Don. And I'm Dave Pink. And we are the hosts of the Real Talk Show that airs every Tuesday. You so serious? <laughs> real life, real topics, real subjects. Shop Talk, Diva Pink. Real yes. people. Taking over. Your Which homie Don Juan providing the vibe. Oh, yeah, he does every week. Oh, man, we What's need up, y'all Don to tune Juan? in every Tuesday, 6 p.m. to 7. T Radio V. Radio and TV. It is radio. Radio and TV. <laughs> You're crazy. Let's do another one. You are watching T Radio V. Radio and TV. That's how I like it. David Bowie all the way through. Um, I love that song. I was watching Basquiat the other day, and I, I didn't realize that he was Andy Warhol in the movie. So many good actors in that oh, yeah, movie. Yeah. Christopher yes. Walken. Mm-hmm. Actors. It was uh, Benicio Del Toro and Jeffrey Wright. It was just an experience. Um, but we're talking reality show actors versus what real acting is. And, um, Did you just say reality show actors? I made a mistake. Reality show people. That's like an oxymoron. Yeah. Or when, when the people say like, <laughs> you don't know who that is? He's a porn star. I was like, if he was a star, I'd know who he was. He's a porn, actor. <laughs> He's a porn <laughs> right. guy. Right. 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 <laughs> well, wasn't Jeremy Renner speaking of stars? Wasn't he in a reality show? Like, didn't Bravo do a reality show years ago? Follow, it was following actors, though. So technically, he was an actor in the show, but it was, they were following. Do you know the name of that show? Remember it? No, but I, they I followed do. actors and their struggle and what they had to go through. And, and then, then and then he was one of the actors on the show that they followed in the reality show. God, and now he's wow. and now he's Jeremy. yeah he's Jeremy Renner. But you know that Bravo took the turn of all turns with reality because they did being Bobby Brown and that's yeah. what jumped off their ignorance because Bravo used to be such a reputable. Oh, that's right. so, and you you know you know uh, Vivica Fox just joined Hollywood um, uh, Hollywood Divas. No, mm. I didn't know. What is that? That's uh, like a, a reality show about. Um, uh, actresses, obviously in in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and following their so their actresses you know, turn reality people. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, wow. Right. Yeah. Hey, I just looked up online. Uh, Jerry, Jeremy Renner did have a show called The It Factor. The it Factor. That was and it um, factor. he was one of uh, he was the main star of it reality show. Yeah. Oh, the the yeah. main when well it worked out for him. There you go. There okay. it is. There's one. Yeah. I mean. I you won't know, forgive him for the event. And then there's the other ones like Vivica Fox, who's still holding on to that limelight, you know, trying to trying to keep the recognition there. And th- and that's what's so sad because you feel like there's no other way for me to compete, right? And and stay within the confines of the integrity of my work, mm-hmm. because you've got, here's what's sad: mm. you got a reality show person mm-hmm. who has five hundred thousand followers on Twitter. And then you got a person who's been an an industry veteran for 40 years, and they've got 13,000 followers on Twitter. I have 13,000 followers. There you go. But see, but that's it. That's what because that's the producers. That's the bottom line for producers. Totally. And like, you have how many followers do you have? Yes. How many followers do you have? Okay. Well, people are going to come see my movie. They're going to come see my show because. Yeah, but that's only a certain level because you don't see you won't see uh, Christopher Nolan. Putting people in his movies because they no, have a lot of no, and, and But I will say this: there are some directors do have the power to put who they want in their film, 
but at the at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the studio. The network and the studio. The yeah. studio is going to say, hey, listen, dollars and cents wise, it makes sense for us to put Idiot Box in our movie because yeah. they've got 2.5 million Twitter followers. Right. That's and right. we're going to put him in there. Uh, uh, in instead of but that's uh, not working because it's disa- no, it's disaster movie had Kim Kardashian in it and it was just that it was a disaster. Yes, you know. Yeah, but talking about the bottom line and the dollar is the bottom line. Yeah, right. and even if it's not the names, if it's not the actors that are involved or the celebrities that are involved, reality TV is just cheaper to shoot. Yeah, it is. It is. No, it is much cheaper. Cheap. Grab a camera, go in a room, and shoot it. And you, there get, you, go. you, don't, you don't have to. You don't have a union minimum. Right. And the audio. Know? Oh, and that's going to come up with another subject, I'm sure, about the union status, but. Um, you know, you go in with the camera, you don't have to light it necessarily. I'm sure they light it a little bit. Um, and the audience is expecting that. They, they, they know that a video camera is reality because they have video cameras. Right. So if it looks grainy, if it looks shaky, yep. it's not a production. So it must be real, even though some of it's scripted or most of it's scripted, I, you know, to a degree. I think I'm going to, uh, honestly, I think I'm going to, uh, pull a, a Larry David, uh, and do like a curb your enthusiasm and mm-hmm. just be like, okay. Here's what the scene is, and let's just go, yeah. and not have, and just shoot it like you would, right. you know, a a reality show. Have it grainy, have it be shaky, but use actors who are uh, improvising and At just no raise the shakes. That's raise the that's stakes. What me, that's, was, that's what Curb was all about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but those people exactly. are good actors, though. Oh, that's what I mean. That's where actors yes. would come in. Exactly. Yeah. Again. Now, exactly. how much on on uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood? Now, was that improvised? Now, uh, we we do we do scripted, uh-huh. and we usually do about good two, maybe three takes scripted, and then after that, because a lot of us do comedy. Uh, comedy. So some of us are comedic actors and some obviously are stand-ups, you know, doing comedy on television. So, you know, the producers say, you know what the scene is about. Just have fun. Get there. Just arrive where we're supposed to ultimately arrive. Yeah. And that's that's awesome. I love that. The concept of that show is brilliant because of reality TV. It took reality TV and and, and made a show out of it. Totally. Brilliant. And it it was great because you you see it from a male's point of view because so much reality is is woman driven. Mm -hmm. So the objectification of the men, it it was just so funny to me, the men that are married to the women. Um, So before we get out of here, I want everybody to know where where they can find you. And I have my own question. I want to know, what is the project that you've been in that has made the best or longest impression on you that you love doing the most? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, I've been involved in a show um, called Santasia, mm-hmm. and it's a sketch comedy Christmas show. Every year we do it. This year we're going to New York, so very excited about that. And um, and it's, it's left an influence on me because um, it's, it's an hour and a half, no intermission of just sketch comedy oh dope you know so it's 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 a little bit of like the stand-up and i do a little stand-up as well but this is like it's you know if if you forget your lines you have somebody that's going to cover you which is different than stand-up you have nobody that's going to cover your lines so it's um it's, it for me it was being prepared going over everything that i need to go over timing um meeting new writers and trying out new material so every year there's a different sketch so there's a few original sketches that stay in the show but for me it's that that show Santasia has been um, it's I, I put my heart and energy into it because I love it so much and that time of year it's, it's people just enjoy it so I'm mean, I'm excited we're going to New York with it not Broadway but off Broadway but at the same time you know it's exciting and and um, and that's just something that I've done consistently 
I'm always doing plays and always doing other things, but that's something that I can say I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to doing that again. And that will be Broadway to those people that are in that audience. That's right. Uh, I love that. Um, for me, um, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I do a a, a bit on uh, on stage in my in my stand up talking about how it's so discouraging knowing that the first job that you've done is the best job you've done mm -hmm. <laughs> because how do you top the most watched show in television history right. uh, that was my first job mm. i was 15 years old i was living in the hood i was in brooklyn literally you know gunshots flying about as uh -huh. i'm coming home and then i'm you know i'm i'm working literally alongside you know bill cosby Right. You know, the Cosby show was such a, a powerful show that e even to this day, you know, people come up and say, hey, Robert. Yeah, know? I know. I've been around. You know, <laughs> so it's been and my wife is like always amazed. She's like, oh, my gosh, do they still remember you from that? Like, that's how etched it is in, you know, in, in people's history. minds and hearts, you know. Um, and, you know, to be, you know, to be honest, you know, there's, you know, we uh, make a lot of, you know, jokes you know, uh, trying to, you know, uh, make light of, of, uh, how much tragedy this, this entire, uh, scenario holds for everyone because, uh, this is, uh, you know, this is such a staple in pop culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and particularly me, I mean, um, he taught me a lot about, um, about what it was to be a professional in this industry what it was to be a black man in this industry because mm -hmm. um, that's a different walk. Um, and um, and I, I'll never forget, I mean, it's one of the few times in my life where I literally didn't want to say much when I was around him. I wanted to listen and, nice. uh, and, to, and to take in you know, everything. So um, that experience was uh, one of the greatest. I, I liken it all the time to like, you know, just imagine learning how to drive and the first car someone gives you is a Rolls Royce. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you're like, you got to drive like a Toyota after that. <laughs> you're like, how do mm, it's kind of, mm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. sort of a, you know, it's a, a letdown. Um, so I, I, I love that experience. It, uh, it was such a great experience um, from for me learning how to to be uh, an actor, learning how to be uh, a businessman, learning how to be uh, a, a man, really. So uh, the Cosby Show is absolutely the uh, uh, the job that the uh, that held the most excitement for me. So give them the handles where they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me Richard Warren. You can find me at C Rich Tweet on Twitter, and on Instagram it's Rich N the letter N, rich and raw. And uh, on Twitter, it's at Dondre, D-O-N-D-R-E, Whitfield, W-H-I-T-F-I-E-L-D. And on Instagram, it's all Dondre. Boom! <laughs> Hashtag boom! Hashtag boom Hashtag for the show. Hashtag boom! Um, so, my, and so I'll say it for you is next. And... Um, I don't usually introduce it, but so I want to talk about the assassination of the woman. Um, yes, I'm a feminist. That does not mean that I hate men. That does not mean that I'm angry. That doesn't mean that I don't shave under my arms and that I don't shave my legs or that I smell bad. It means that I want to get paid just as much as my male counterparts for what I'm doing and be treated equally. Um, the assassination of the woman right now, Hillary Clinton is running for president. Shame on you if you vote for her just because she's a woman, because she's qualified, she's intelligent, 
And if you don't agree with that, that's fine. But don't assassinate her because she's a woman. I saw on Facebook people posting they would never vote for her because she was Monica Lewinsky's ex-husband's wife. Shame on you people who thought that was clever, who thought that was funny, because actually what she was was the wife of the man who cheated on her with Monica Lewinsky. Let's put the ownership back on him because he was the one that was dishonest. That Don't make her weak for being the victim of infidelity. You women need to take up for your you women. You get on social media and you cremate one another and you want to pat on the back from the very men that are oppressing you and treating you like garbage learn some solidarity learn to love yourself so that you can love each other so that we can have some sense of sense of sisterhood because sisterhood is the only thing that we're going to have that's going to push us forward as women and while everybody's screaming that their group is the most oppressed group there is no group more oppressed than women on this planet they get aborted in india and in china they're being castrated in africa they are second-class citizens all over the world and even here we have to fight for our rights stop assassinating women it is not cool it doesn't make you look cooler as a dude a real woman that loves herself is not going to be attracted to a man who hates women misogyny is not cool my name is ida rodriguez i'll say it for you Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Truth Serum with Dondre Whitfield and Rich Warren. They're my real friends. Jake, <laughs> take it away. Say bye to everybody, Jake. Bye, everybody. <laughs> uh, check me out at, uh, at Jake Belcher. You know, I always do weird things. Very good, Jake. That was very good. <laughs> nice timing. Bye, guys. So long, everybody. Simple, 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 simple,